Yeah. 
All right, nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. We'll go to Bobby. I'm going to turn the service over to you. Just had my Bible marked with my finger, and I just closed it. It's good to <laughs> send one out this evening. Uh, tonight or this afternoon, I was sitting at home, and uh, Pam was putting food in the refrigerator, and we we're getting ready to go. And and uh, and I thought, you know what, Brother Steve doesn't show up. So I laid my Bible down and I turned it open and I said, Lord, uh, I don't have anything for the church, you know, that you've laid on my heart. And my Bible, when I parted it, it fell open, it fell open to the 23rd Psalm. And I thought, Amen. that's my, I guess the first scripture I ever learned as a child. It was, and I didn't learn it from the book. I learned it from a, a, a photo that mom had it in on the on the wall at home and it was it was the 23rd psalm with a little picture behind it and, and that's how i learned the 23rd psalm and uh i just gonna read the 23rd psalm tonight and then just let the lord have his way here tonight and it says this the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures he leadeth me beside the still waters he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I ask this question, how many of us actually, did I actually read that 23rd Psalm? Or did it just, just, just say what, I'm, what I know in my heart? And uh, ask yourself that question. Did you really read the words? Did I put a two or a the in? Or did I leave something out when I read that? And, and, and then I'd like to go back over it. And... Uh, I'm having trouble seeing tonight, but uh, but I, I still like to go over this and, and, and make some points here. Um, he said, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He maketh me to lie down in pastures of tender grass. Think about that. That is a, that is a uh, translation of what that, verb, that, that sentence is in, in our Bible. And he says, and he leadeth me beside the still waters. Another translation of the still waters would be the waters of quietness. And I got to thinking about the leadership of the Lord this evening, and I, I may not preach, I may just testify, and that'll be all right. But in, in the leadership of the Lord, there's peace. Um, there's there's substance. Um, if we if He is our shepherd and we are His sheep, then He will feed us, and He will give us 
water to drink. He'll supply what we need. He'll give us substance. He'll also give us peace. And, and, and it goes on to say, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in a path of righteousness for His name's sake. He's taking ownership of me. And He's taking ownership of us. And it's His righteousness in our life that makes a difference. It's His righteousness. Our righteousness is His filthy rags. We have none of our own. But the Lord's righteousness in us is what the world sees. That's the light that they see in us. It's His righteousness. And it says this, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when we're all born, death is on our trail. It certainly is. Uh, but I remember a time when I was given a choice and I chose life over death. And the Lord saved me. And I died out to this flesh. This flesh is not what I... This flesh and this world is not what I hold dear now. It is not what I trust in. And from the day that day on, I started trusting in the Lord. And the Lord has been uh, my caretaker. He has been my shepherd. And, and, and all the things that this world could offer. You know, I could be a criminal. I could be a thief. I, could have I, ch I made a choice. And my choice was to follow the Lord. Amen. And now, did that make me rich according to the world standards? Obviously not. Do I care? No. Because I'm rich in blessings and the abundance of, the, of, of God's goodness. And, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, when I have to uh, grab at, run at, chase my little grandchildren and keep them from getting away and getting into trouble or getting into danger, I'm so thankful for that opportunity. And what I'm really thankful about is the videos we have of, of Jackson when he was little uh, talking about Jesus and his death on the cross. And, uh, we've got Olivia's testimony that she got saved when she prayed uh, with Grando uh, down there in Grando's apartment down in the basement. Uh, we've got uh, Jackson, I mean Eli and Elizabeth uh, singing songs and, 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 and they know more about the Lord than I did as a teenager. And, and it's because of the church. It's because the Lord has led us this way. It's because we brought them up in a different way than I was brought up. My parents loved me. They did. They made sure I fed. I was a chubby little freckled place boy. I certainly was. They uh, maybe not fed me everything the right food, but I remember a lot of times, Brother Chris, it was just beans. Uh, and I remember, when, I thought it was kind of special when Mama would get a can of uh, that uh, uh, can corned beef and mix it with potatoes, Yeah. make some corned beef. Boy, I love that stuff. Put a lot of black pepper in that. And I remember thinking that we was just, we had it better than anybody else. And the truth is, I had it better than a lot of people. I had parents that loved me. I had parents that were raised that, uh, that were raised to know better than the way they was living. And then I had a Lord that touched their hearts and drew them to Him and saved them and brought them back in the way that they, that they, uh, that, that they should be living. And I'm thankful for that. Um, death got on our trail when we were first born. It certainly did. 
And uh, but I don't fear death anymore. I don't look forward to death. I've got so the reason that I don't is because there's still a lot I can do here, and, and I, I want to. I want to uh, provide for my family. Uh, I want to be obedient to to the Lord in in, in preaching. Um, you know, I, I I never thought that I'd be profitable preaching. I just thought that I'd done running for too long, and and I'd been disobedient for too long to be profitable for the Lord. And uh, and I realized that during the last few years that um, those that were saved when we helped in revival, those that were saved while we were pastoring, uh, that it wasn't none of me. It was all the Lord that saved them. And, and when we get ourselves out of the way and, and we tr fully trust in Him, uh, if we realize that we're just sheep, if we realize that He is the shepherd, and, and we just uh, understand that He owns us, and we give our lives committed wholly to Him, then His rod, His staff, they're not there. They're there for our correction. They are. But they're also there for our protection. The, 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 the law, even though it, it didn't save, it didn't uh, bring life to anybody, uh, but it brought a better life to them who kept the law. And God said, if you'll keep my law, it'll do you good. He said, if you'll keep my law, I'll do this and I'll do that. And he told us, even in the day that we live, if we keep his commandments and his statutes, that we'll be blessed. And uh, it don't mean I'll have a bass boat. Of course, I really don't need one. And it don't mean that I'll have scuba gear and a yacht. I really don't need one. Uh, but you know what? If I, if I really wanted, wanted to do that bad enough, the Lord's provided with us enough funds we can go rent one for the weekend. Uh, but... None of that is important to me anymore as it used to be. Uh, riding horses, I used to love to do that and had horses. I've got horses now, but they're not to ride, they're just pets. Uh, I'm not in shape to ride anymore. Um, but if the kids want to, uh, they're there. Um, but I've, I've learned to realize what I thought I wanted as a young man, as an older and mature man, I don't want those things anymore. Uh, there's more things in life than 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 uh, having things, um, and I know I'm rambling, and I'm sorry for that. But I I I really want to try to get across something. I really don't know how to do it. Uh, I can just tell you this. I used to think that this flesh belonged to me. I used to think it was mine, but I realize now it's just a loner. It, it, it was made out of the dust of this earth, and to the dust of this earth it shall return. And that there's no point in me trying to decorate it, trying to mark it up, scar it, tattoo it. There's just no point in that. It doesn't belong to me. It's just here for a temporary. It's a temporal. Uh, there's no provision in the scripture ever made for the flesh in eternity. It just won't, it won't, it won't withstand eternity. But there's a glorified body. Now there's a, there's a spirit within me that is eternal.
And he said, Thou preparest the table for me before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. My my There was anointing that happened and it was when the prophet of God or the the uh, the prophet uh, at that time uh, would uh, uh, anoint basically with oil he would anoint a king and just like Samuel anointed the king uh, the people wanted Saul God told Samuel to anoint Saul but then Saul uh, was disobedient and God told Samuel to uh, go anoint the king that was after his own heart and he sent him down to a little shepherd boy uh, little ruddy he was fair to look upon uh, and, and sent him down there and all the sons of Jesse that came through Samuel said is this the one is this the one and then they said well David's out keeping the sheep so they sent him over and God said this is the one and as far as I know this is David's confidence and this, this scripture that we just read is David's confidence in God's God's grace. That's what it is. I realize that there's nothing that I've ever done to deserve the mercy of God. David realized in his life that there was nothing he'd ever done to deserve the mercy of God. David made some mistakes. He made some big ones. But he knew that God's grace would take care of him. He knew where his home would be through eternity. In this last verse, he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My, my. I'm going to look some more things up. and uh, uh, Let me just see this. I've got a note here. Well, maybe I maybe maybe I just don't see them. There they are. Brother Bobby, I've got a note in mind right here for Brother Steve preached a message on this a good while back, and he titled his message "Safe in the Master's Pasture." Mm -hmm. And he brought up so many things in that. You know, I look at it, and and there's a lot of words in the Bible that are shall and will but there's not any maybes in there not any it's possible but uh, he says I shall not walk mm -hmm. that's from the spiritual things if mean, we follow God he's not going to leave us we're not going to go wanting for his for his blessings but down there where he said he anointed his head that's pouring out spirit out of us yeah I mean, he's no. the spirit of us. That's right. Till the cup ran over. And you know, in the song we sing, uh, the double portion, he says, pour thy spirit on me. And that's 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 what he did. You know, the oil is symbolic of the spirit. So, what a message in that. That little simple verse that we probably, most of us, like you said, memorized in Sunday school or Bible school or from a, a hanging on your mother's wall or something. It's so much in that. That he anointed, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. The Hebrew translation is, he maketh fat. 
And then uh, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the Hebrew translation translation is for the length of days. Yeah. My my. When you look at God's time versus our time, God is the controller of time. Uh, what we see as a lifetime or many years, uh, that's just that's just a piece of God, a part of God. And I I it, it, I cannot understand. I've tried to. I try to understand eternity. But we live in a world that's cyclic. We have seasons. We have plants that uh, that thrive and die down during the changes of seasons. A lot of us in our Christian walk, in our Christian lives, will we'll thrive at times, and then at times we'll just barely survive. And uh, it's not God's fault, uh, but but we we understand that there is still life, even when when we're beat down, when we're when we're brittle, uh, when 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 our hearts uh, are weak and and our and our flesh is weak and and all, we we still know that there's still life. Uh, God's not going to let us go, and I'm thankful tonight that God. Uh, has gave, gave David some assurance to write this song. I'm thankful for a little picture hanging on the wall in our house. It had a plastic frame, y'all. Uh, I'm pretty sure that somebody gave it to my mom, uh, but it meant something to her. Uh, we got a picture in our shop. Uh, it's just a, 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 a likeness of what somebody thought Jesus looked like. And it hung in our home all while I was growing up. And uh, I don't know how, but we, we managed to get it. And, and it's in our shop. And, and I told Pam, I said, this thing's been weathered. And, and I said, but I, I, I wouldn't part with it for nothing. Not because I think I, I know what Jesus looks like or want to know. I know what Jesus looks like. I met him face to face. Could I draw his face? No, I couldn't. But if I did, I'd draw that face. That face, that face, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. And I draw those four over there. I draw the one in the back, the other two in the back. I draw those faces because that's who makes up the Lord in the world that we live in. Uh, we are Him. We are His likeness and His uh, resemblance in this world. And I didn't know that was coming, but I'm thankful for it tonight. And I knew I wouldn't preach tonight, or I didn't think that I would, uh, but I did. I am thankful that it fell open to a very familiar scripture. Um, and I looked here and I looked there and I, I thought about, uh, you know, I don't know how if y'all know this or not, but every time a, a preacher stands behind a book board, uh, even, even when he gets a hold of a little something and he minds the Lord, there's so many, especially when you've had a thought and a message for like three or four weeks. Now, when you've got something for three or four weeks, you'll do one or two things. You'll either preach it out to yourself to the point to where you're satisfied and, 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 and you just can't, can't render anymore. Or you'll put it on the burner and, and, and just let the Lord hit you with a little bit here and there uh, until it's time to preach. Or you'll get one that just comes together. All that study from, you know, prior to three or four days in advance, will come together and the Lord and, and He'll feed it to you and you can just run with it. And then there's times like I was this morning. 
I've had this thing for way too long on my heart. And, and when I got through, uh, folks were, were telling, appreciate the message and all that. But at the same time, I was feeling like I had fell short because I didn't get out everything that the, the Lord wanted me to get out. And when I got here tonight, I was thinking about how uh, you wanted to preach on the temple uh, when you was preaching about the thorns. And, 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 and I spoke to that just a minute ago about uh, a tattooing and, and scarring this old flesh and painting it different colors and trying to do something. You know what? God made it the way He wanted it. He certainly did. And I know some people who are very beautiful. And I know some people who are not easy to look at. I'll tell you about a lady that uh, I met, and uh, her name was Sister Linda. I call her Sister Linda because I know she's saved. I point blank asked her. And before I asked her, I had no doubt about it. And I was running from the call to preach, and I was working with a Christian man named Jim Roper. He's a friend of mine. He was a, uh, what they call a, uh, he wasn't an elder, he was a, Oh, what's the word for the one that helps with the deacons and all? And steward. Steward. Yes. He was steward at his church. And uh, uh, very smart, very gracious, very helpful man. And I, I loved him dearly. Uh, he was a help to me. We were working, and Miss Linda was picking up pecans outside the fence in the substation in Birmingham. And Miss Linda was not easy to look at. Uh, Miss Linda... Uh, she is rough looking on the outside. I just want to tell you this. I learned, I saw the beauty in that lady. Uh, in just a little while, I saw her beauty. I saw the beauty of Christ in her. And we was uh, out there. She was picking up pecans. And she was talking about her sister. Uh, she asked me if, if I like pecan pie. And I said, yes, ma'am, I do. But I can't have it because I'm diabetic. And she said, so you got sugar? I said, yes, ma'am, I do. I got sugar. And she said, my sister got sugar. And she started telling me about her sister and, and, and everything. And, and, and we were talking to her, uh, Jim Roper and I. And uh, uh, she, she says, you is a preacher. And I said, no, ma'am, I'm not. I said, I'm a, I am a deacon. And I said, Jim, over there's an a elder and a steward at his church. And she says, no. You as a preacher. And she said it a little different. She said, you as a preacher. And I denied it three times. I said, no, ma'am, but, but I'm just a deacon. And, and, she, and I thought, she's just not used to people being cordial and nice to her. But she was determined. She said, no, you as a preacher. And then the condemnation fell on me. And it wasn't long. We was having summer revival over here. And I'm sitting back there and Brother Jeff Landers, he's my brother-in-law. You think he know me better than anybody. You can't take him nowhere. You can't go out to eat with him. I mean, we're sitting there at Cracker Barrel and all this noise and rough. And Jeff goes, what? Real loud. And everybody in there just looked. And he just sat there grinning. You know, he, you can't take him nowhere. Took the tin pan, put it on his head like three studies, and went to shooting the kids with it, you know. But just making a, and, and you thought, he's a grown man. He, he just has fun wherever he goes. He can afford to have fun wherever he goes. Uh, and, and, and But I couldn't have no fun nowhere because I'm running from the call. 
But he was up here preaching. And he says, whenever I stop hitting the podium, your time, your chance is going to end. And the Lord told me, he said, whenever his hand stops, your heart's going to stop. And I heard Sister Bonnie McConnell, she was a McConnell man, when she stopped at the door and she'd give me a, a handshake and a hug and she'd say, you're a preacher. And I'd say, no I'm not. And she'd say, yeah you are. And then that little lady, Miss Linda, didn't have nothing. Maybe a check that come in every so often, lived in a house by herself. Uh, her big delight in the day was picking up enough cons to make a pie that says she could eat it and to make something for her sister who had sugar. She had enough God in her to say, you're a preacher. And I had not enough God in me to understand that they knew what they was talking about. And I know tonight, and I haven't preached a lick. I, I don't feel like I preached a lick all day long. But I know tonight, I haven't preached a lick. But I know God's grace and mercy on my life is just as much so as it has ever been. And I know it because I've got the same assurance that King David did. King David had went through a point where he was ashamed to show his face. And it was, a, what, 40 years? His son Absalom gained favor with the people while he was ashamed of the sin that he had committed. But it was not God's. It wasn't his son's place. It was David's place to rule the kingdom. And, and God took care of David. He had to flee for a while. Had to flee for his life. But the long, beautiful hair of his son got caught up in the wilderness. You know, the beauty of this world will take us just as deep in the wilderness and it'll hang us up right there and it'll leave us to be executed. It will. Um, but the beauty that's in the Lord Jesus, saw the beauty of the Lord can shine through the face that's not easy for this world to look at. But it didn't take long before I fell in love with that face. And that sweet words that that lady mentioned talking about the grace of God and the mercy of God and how God had blessed her. And I thought, she's not got anything by the world's standards. But if you ask her, she is rich. This evening, I want you to, I want you to ask yourself. I know we complain a lot. Have we really got a reason to complain? We don't. Have we really got everything we need? Yes, we do. Has God blessed us? Do we have memories of love? Do we have memories of, of blessings? Do we? we do. We certainly do. There are some and, and there are some that don't have what we have. There's some in our community that don't have what we have. But all they need is to come to know Jesus. And all we need to do is show it to them. That's all I got tonight, y'all. Has anyone got a word in the way of testimony? Has God been good to you? Amen. Has He given you blessings? Go ahead, Brother Chris. If you... Brother Bobby, I, um, this has been good preaching to me. It's yeah. really spoke to my heart. And uh, I love your 
explanation there of he makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, this psalm is, is written um, about a shepherd taking care of his flock. And I, I've, owned, I've owned livestock since I was 14 years old that was mine and, and somewhat of a husbandry, uh, husband of livestock. And uh, it's, uh, it always was a thrill to me when I could grow a patch of new tender grass and then turn the cows in on it. Mm -hmm. Boy, you talking about hack. They'd fill up and be hack. And I'm just thinking as you talk about that, how that the happiest place that we can be is where the Lord wants us to be. To be in His pasture. Mm -hmm. uh, to feed on what He has for us. And uh, I've enjoyed this. It's, it's been good preaching to me, Brother Bob. I've enjoyed it. I really have. Thank you for sharing. Appreciate you, Father. Anyone else? Brother Bob, the Lord uses stuff all through the scripture that's familiar to the people he was writing to. I can just see that green pasture when you're talking about it. But the part that spoke to me above all the rest of it my cup runneth over how many times have i been to church when i just barely squeaked yeah. by and, and hadn't lived like i should and, and you know had just done things all through the week that i was just mulling over and ashamed of it myself <coughs> but sometimes i come in here and the lord just blesses to the point that my cup runneth over i'm so thankful yes I'm glad cups run over. There's been a lot of times when my cup got filled up with what run over somebody else. Somebody got a hold of something and shared it, and when they did, it brought me out of a hole. It certainly did. We keep it all contained. You got it in a bowl, you got it in a jar. When you let it flow, everybody can partake of it. They can share it. That spirit that he puts in us, he don't want us just to put it in there and just hold it. He wants us to share it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, there's just all kind of ways you can do it. And, uh, there's a time he'll give us rest, yeah. and then there's a time when he'll give us a go. I remember Brother Steve preached over at the Association Building one year. It was a crowded house that morning, uh, and uh, Brother Steve, uh, our pastor. Brother Steve, um, he started talking about how God can take you from where you're at and put you where you need to go. And he said it this way, he said, God can take us from zero to 200 just that quick. And uh, I got to thinking about the times that I'd come in and the Lord filled me up, how, how quick it took him. It didn't take him no time at all. I didn't have to sit like at the pump, Brother Wayne, and listen to the deans and the and just count, uh, he filled me up that quick. I'm glad that he is a, a quick filler. I'm glad that he is the filler. Um, anyone else got anything to say tonight before we go further? Physically speaking, leading me into green pastures, I live in America. Mm -hmm. But I live in a better place than I have, spiritually. I don't know, the green pastures of the Lord. 
I think that was a lot of what Paul, Paul had seen so many things in Revelation and vision that it got him the longing. He wanted to strip the, the bonds that this flesh had on him. I believe that's one of the thorns that he had was a buffer. He kept saying, Lord, just let me just stay on that high plane. And the Lord said, no, you need to stay where I knew you. Stay where you're at. We got a saying at work. Our work is not super, well, it's pretty technical, but it's, it's not genius type work. Uh, anybody can learn how to do it, hence I do it. But um, we got a saying that's called, be where your feet are. In other words, keep your mind on what you're doing, because one mistake can put a whole city out of, out of, uh, out of power. And it may take a minute to get them back. And I remember we had an incident where we dropped one substation and a new VP had to go all the way up north to another, up to Illinois and take them a check for one, well, I can't tell you how much. Let's just say it was over a million dollars because we dropped them and their processes. And that's what it cost for them to clean up, get everything, all the molds emptied out and get restarted. And that's the time that they lost. And uh, the the VP that had to take the check up there, the first one of the first things he had to do as a new VP. He's still our VP over there, and he's and uh, and I think I think a lot of him, good man. And he came to the substation to see for himself. And I took him to the panel where it all happened and, and showed him. I said, "You see all that dark gray wire?" And he goes, "Yeah." I said, "Well, that's what was existing." And that was the old scheme that was here. Well, that's just what's left of it. All that new wire that's going in and mixed with it and, and just, I said, all the lighter gray wire. He goes, yeah, I said, that's all the new stuff. That's the new schemes. We had to keep the old operational while we installed the new. And I said, it took a lot of planning, a lot of temporaries. A lot of stuff we had to do here. And I said, the connections we made had to be live. And I said, have you ever played the game uh, Operation when you were a kid? He goes, yeah. And he had two assistants with him, and they were, yeah, I remember playing that. And they were talking about And I said, do you remember removing wrench ankle? He goes, yes. I said, I said, you know how whenever, if you ever touch the side, you'd hear that buzzer go, <clears throat> and he goes, yeah. I said, well, here in this work, what you, you don't hear the buzzer. What you hear is a bloop. Everything goes quiet and you hear the crickets out in the grass outside. That's what, I saw the color leave his face. And you realize, so we have a saying, be where your feet are, keep your mind on what you're doing, uh, have a plan and work that plan. Well, with the Lord, we, we need to realize we're here for a reason. We're here for that commission that Brother Chris talked about today and Brother Wayne talked about this morning. We're here for a purpose. And, and that purpose is, to glorify God firstly, to worship Him and lift Him up so that the world can see Him and so that He can draw them to Him. If I be high lifted up, oh my, I will draw all men unto me. And so if we're not lifting the Lord up, if we're just barely getting by, if we're being uh, in the mully grubs, then, then that's going to have an effect on those around us. But if when, when adversity comes against us, if we 
um, entering with the security, knowing that I, that we're secure in the Lord. Remembering this 23rd Psalm, if, if we enter it uh, uh, and, and face adversity and not run from it and, when, and, and allow the Lord to take care of us through it, then we'll make a difference in somebody's life. Somebody's watching. Um, that's all I got tonight. Anyone else got anything to say? If not, well, Brother Bobby, I'm gonna say this, and I know we need to do this, but um, I appreciate you. I appreciate the message tonight, and you know what? Um, you know that just means a lot to me. What you just shared, you know, twenty third Psalm goes goes a long way. Yes, you just put a thought into it. But you know, I just want to thank God for yes, just how He blessed us in so many ways. Just by being here, it's been a blessing. And, uh, but I want us to go over in prayer. If you God bless you. Can we do that? Yes, sir. Let's do that. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the, the blessings of life, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we just we just look around, Heavenly Father, and just. Uh, just see so many around us, Heavenly Father, that just need you in their life, Heavenly Father. And Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would help me, Heavenly Father, to be a better witness to the ones I've come in contact with, Heavenly Father, each and every day. And Heavenly Father, forgive me for the things that the Heavenly Father that you've asked me to do and I haven't done. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for my family. I thank you for my church family. I just ask you, Lord, just to bless her time tonight, Heavenly Father. And Heavenly Father, everything that's said and done will just be glorifying to you. Heavenly Father, the ones that are here tonight, I just thank you so much for them. Heavenly Father, for, for the dedication and, and uh, the commitment to be here at church. And Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for them. And Heavenly Father, I ask you, Lord, as we go into our business meeting tonight, Heavenly Father, just to lead and guide us in, during this time, Heavenly Father, and help us admit to do everything according to your will. And Heavenly Father, again, thank you so much for your mercy and your grace that you show us. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for that. And Heavenly Father, I just ask you again, who would go into our business meeting just to just, just lead us during this time, Heavenly Father. And these things I pray in the Lord in the most precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.